Live from England, cricket's greatest rivalry, the Ashes. Stark is over the wicket, at him, he's bowled him! It's the Titan! Coley's left on the pad, they're up, he's out! Stephen Smith, it's a screamer! That is test cricket at its finest. For McCaffrey, celebrating 30 years of coffee fit for an Aussie. England versus Australia, the Ashes on SEN Cricket. Good morning and welcome back to SEN Test Cricket, live from Edgbaston for McCafe, celebrating 30 years of coffee fit for an Aussie. One of the regular questions put to Ben Stokes before the series went something like this. Will you keep basballing when things aren't going your way? His answer was always yes, but under him, England would get out of trouble the way they've gotten into trouble. All aggression, all the time. Well, resuming at 2 for 28 after a brilliant and stormy mini-session yesterday afternoon before rain scuppered play, this might be that day. If Australia can get beyond Joe Root this morning, the host will be under the pump. Will they keep the foot down anyway? They surely will. Alternatively, if Root and Pope and Brooke get into their group before lunch, they're duty-bound to declare by T. Why so early? Because Ben Stokes has also said that he will never oversee a draw on his watch. Therefore, he has to leave Australia at least four sessions to chase down any target. With England's cards so firmly on the table, it makes for what could be both an intriguing and possibly bonkers day of Test cricket. And the beauty of all this for Australia, their plan could not be more clear. Take eight more wickets. That is the beauty of bowling third. And if they can get the new Dukes hooping around as they did yesterday in this first hour, it's game on big time for Cummins and Co. So... Onto a defining day of what has been a pulsating test match so far. I'm Adam Collins and with me to begin our broadcast, Damien Fleming, two times Ashes winner, been with us throughout, will be for the first three test matches. Brett Sunderason, my vice captain on this broadcast as well. Uh, Flem, we've been here for two and a half days. It feels like two and a half weeks. So much has happened, but it all really does boil down to, dare I use the cliche, this vital first session. Yeah, I mean, you summed it up. This is a, a big day to, for, for, for Baz Ball. How authentic is it? Because um, I think they're under the pump right now. Uh, they've also got probably their two least baseball batters batting, Pope and Root. I want the Australians just to treat them same field, same line and length that they would do in a traditional test match against these particular two batsmen. And let's see just what happens here. Because I no, no doubt Ben Stokes wants to do exactly what mm. you said. Keep going baseball, but do his teammates believe? Are they, are they going to trust the captain and the coach? Do they feel like they can actually implement the plans that are actually getting enforced on them? They got it a bit wrong with Root in the first innings, didn't they? Because obviously they've got these very aggressive very players. Wrong. But Root, they allowed to milk the field the way, I mean, dare I use, you know, the way he plays baseball, right? He likes to knock the ball out to the sweepers and all the rest of it. I wonder how, they'll, he has the how odd, they'll manufacture that today. The odd ramp. Precisely. So you see the highlights and go, gee, Joe Root's just total <laughs> baseball, but he, he plays some baseball shots that are remarkable, but he doesn't, um, you know, come out and try and bludgeon it like a like a Crawley or a Brooks. Um, so, no, they, they need to set the same plans they've had for Joe Root for the mm. last two or three series, the same plans they had for Pope last series in Australia. I'd be just sticking to them. And, and sorry, covers on the pitch. We know this is a very dry surface. Um, and it's not as humid or cloudy as early day two when England had those great conditions. And it's not as um, 
obviously cloudy as yesterday. But but I still feel like the ball, you know, may move around a little bit in these conditions. So that you, you've got to maximise that. that. That's like pure gold while the ball is moving for the quicks. So it's a 98 over day. The time will be made up later in the day. But the pitch has been under covers all night because it rains so much. It should be a bit of sweat under there. And Baz, the session you and Daniel narrated so wonderfully yesterday, <laughs> two for two from 22 balls. Yeah. Um, if Cummins didn't start well, but boy, he bowled well in that in that second stretch. Had that plan to duck it. Bowling right on the mark in conditions that suited him. It feels like those two uh, are best suited to, to find something this morning. It's a cliche, right? Seizing the moment. And Australia realises they were going to get not more than 14, 18 minutes of bowling in there. The lights were coming into full effect. The dark clouds were moving. It felt like a horror movie. And England got spooked. And you're absolutely right, Flem. I think the openers got sucked into this whole basketball thing. And I wrote about it overnight. Ben Duckett, can, you can celebrate it as a virtue that, oh, he doesn't leave the ball. But you're a test opener. If you shouldn't be playing this format if in those conditions when as an opener you know I have only 15 minutes to survive you can't shoulder arms and uh, Australia played on that ego and they got two wickets and they almost got Joe Root and uh, I was just watching I just spent the last half an hour watching Ollie Pope in the nets and I don't think he's in any mood to block either especially when Paul Collingwood was tossing off breaks at him he kept hit, range hitting he kept coming down the pitch uh, but on Joe Root though I described him in the first innings as a, as a bluesy guitarist in this heavy metal band. And I think he, Australia allowed him to play the game at his tempo. I don't think they'll allow him to do that here. And in a way, the longer route and Pope bat, I think they can get that hold over route and uh, attack him a lot more. It's such an experienced Australian attack as well, isn't it, Flem? I mean, they know how to be resilient. They've had to be over a long stretch. Lyons, the best example of that, nearing 500 test wickets. He, he knows what it feels like to get knocked around and still take a bag of wickets. And he might need to from that Birmingham City end. Once the ball gets a little bit older, we saw Mo and Ali generate plenty of turn out of, well, not the rough so much as the, the nice part of the pitch. Took a six for here in 2019. Uh, he'll be bowling probably most of the day from yeah. that end. And, and yeah. if he can get going early on, well, we know what, what a threat he can pose. Yeah, I mean, the pitch is still really slow, but where, where it quickens is when the spinner pitches it up and, and gets vicious turn. So yeah. that Cam Green ball actually, mm. not only did it turn a long way, it actually increased in pace. Nathan Lyon bowled beautifully in the first innings, um, but often he'd beat the batsman in flight or, or with his angles, and it was that slow they could adjust their shot. I don't think they're going to be able to do that as easily um, here on day four. So he's a major weapon. Um, and, and if the English think, oh, we're going to hit him out of the attack, mm. we'll, we'll bring it on yeah, if you're exactly. good enough. Yeah. But, you know, wickets are absolutely premium here. Pat Cummins, you know, he's been working workman class, you know, from India onwards. Mm. Um, I actually thought he, he looked a lot better from ball one in the second mm. innings. And maybe a confidence from batting or whatever it was. But his run-up just looked like he wasn't fighting himself as much. I thought his pace, um, the batsman got shocked a little bit by that extra pace and bounce he gets, which, you know, is a real characteristic of his bowling when he's bowling well. Um, and then bowling, if, if it had gone another half an hour, he would have got five or six oh, there. He got six. He but got I, six. it's not going to be a green sand. <laughs> it's not going to be all that. But it's not going to be easy for the quicks. But um, And they've also got green up their sleeve. So, um, you know, it's, it's a nicely... Uh, it, it's a potent Australian mm. attack. I'm really interested by this idea that England can't bat too long, Baz. I mean, mm. even even if they get going today, because they're already in the lead by 35 runs, at the run rate they go at, they'll be ahead by 330 plus in all probability by T, mm. which yeah. 
you, if in conventional test cricket you don't declare them because you want to give you might give yourself 20 mm. minutes or half an hour before stumps they'll give Australia an, an extra look an extra session due to the bold declarations Ben Stokes has made before the series I know you've been sometimes a little bit skeptical of the mm. way that Stokes yeah. has communicated uh, through the media I mean your perspective on how this might play out strategically today no, if England are going to score 330 runs or have a lead, be ahead by 338, they will have to take a lot of risks against this Australian bowling attack. Uh, and Australia have now got a first taste of this basketball phenomenon in the first innings. They reacted differently, they spread the field out, and they'll know how to deal with it better than they did in, in, in the first inning. And the pitch is tighter, like Flem said, it's slower. Nathan Lyon will be a lot more potent, even in that first innings when there was nothing on offer for him. He bowled beautifully around the wicket, never left, let the right-handers go after him. He tied them up and he got wickets. He went for a few runs here and there, but everybody will. So when you talk about them scoring 330 runs, it means they'll take a lot more risks. That brings Australia into the game a lot more. And we haven't even seen the best of Josh Hazelwood yet in this second innings. He bowled beautifully in the first innings. It's not going to be as straightforward as uh, it just being England's game and them bossing the game from here on. Also, the declaration will have to take in account how many bowlers he's got. Yeah. Yeah. Does he think, you know, if Mo and Ali spit, we know, I reckon he would pull out a tee if they've got out to a fly. Mm. That's just the way it is. But if you if you the spinner down, who you'd be hoping to bowl really well on day five, you've got a dodgy knee yourself. You've got a 41-year-old fast bowler. Yeah. You know, that's not giving you a lot of options, is it? What was that line the other night that Michael Vaughan had? They're going to be putting fast bowlers in boxes by the end of this series. If the pitches are like this, yeah, yeah, definitely. And the first session yesterday, even though England got a lead of seven runs, was crucial. The innings Pat Cummins played and how Australia ensured that those ageing fast bowlers had to bowl the, the extra two spells. And it will show in the second innings if, say, they have to defend whatever total it is. So much of the conversation last night, Flem, was around the... In a way, I can't believe this, but here we are. The Ollie Robinson send-off of Woodsman Kawaja. We didn't get a chance to get your views on, on this yesterday. Um, Robinson, well, I didn't really know about it yesterday yeah. that much. It's, yeah. got, it's one of those things that got, it, it kind of gathered pace after play because yeah, Robinson yeah. was understandably well, after after the press it. conference. So everybody would now know what he said to Woodsman Kawaja. Not just the first bite of the cherry, but probably the second bite, which was more egregious in, in the circumstances. Yeah. I, and there was a lot of accusations of pearl clutching and so on. My, my take was not really about that. Cricket's hostile, right? It's more about uh, whether you give a send-off to a bloke that's just strummed you for five sessions for 141. But keen to know where you came at that, especially after Robinson said last night, don't care what any, any of you guys think, Ricky Ponting swore in 2005, I'll do what I want. Wow. Wow. A lot to unpack here. Um, the, he bowled poorly on day two, Robinson. He, he's the worst of the bowlers and he's the youngest. And you're going, wow, he's in trouble. Because he's gifted, you know, particularly in, on pitches that help him. Um, you know, he knocked over uh, Usman with a beauty. So pure euphoria. I know what it's like. You're, you're in this bubble and you're pumped. So I, I thought the, the original celebration mm. was test cricket, no problems. Um, but the second comment, yeah. you know, of all people, like Usman. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Usman Kilwaja. Yeah. It just strikes you as like a really daft thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's not about like... Are we? Does anybody? You know, do people get sheepish about? It's not about being, but really precious about swearing on the field. With this Aussie team, we know Dave Warner's had reputation for years, so I can sort of handle that to a degree. I don't know a lot that, but the rest of them are just pretty nice guys. And then you have the chance, you know, um, you know, Stuart Broad. I would have been interesting in his case, you know, because he loves the theatre as well. Um, 
but but he, he would have provided a, a much smarter response at the press conference, you know, yeah. because Robertson mm. doubled down and just kept digging. You know, yeah. why, why, why does Ricky Ponting have to have his name brought <laughs> yeah, up? Exactly. It is insane. I thought he was going to, as I said earlier, go back and start talking about Bill O'Reilly. I mean, he was a bit... <laughs> Bill was a bit over the top with the new ball in 38. Um, so I think, you know, he's had a shocker. Yeah. Um, and also, um, he's going to be a target. I know they might not be able to target him on this pitch, but they're going to go hard yeah, at him um, for the rest of the series. Paddy will block it away because mm. he's too too classy. Internally, target. Uh, we'll come to this more after the break. So I can see Pete Lawler in the back of the box. He's been a TV star this mm. morning on Sky Sports talking about this topic and more things, I'm sure. He'll join us for the second segment of our pregame, uh, which is brought to you by Drinkwise. Remember, if you are drinking to Drinkwise, play will resume here in 18 minutes, England. Two for 28 in their second innings, leading by 35. Both Root and Pope yet to get off the mark. Thank you, Flem. Thank you, Brett. We'll hear from you for the first ball back in a couple of minutes.